Hey there. Welcome to Coffee with the Docs. We are a holistic lifestyle podcast where we give integrative solutions and bring brilliant experts to help you thrive, mind, body, and spirit. We are doctors Nicole Huffman and Abby Kramer, and we're so happy you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee with the Docs. Today, you've got Dr. Abby and myself today as hosts. So this will be a fun episode just to kind of talk about a topic that we have found to be really important in our practice. Um, we're talking about the thyroid today. And I just think that it is starting to come up more and more as an imbalance. And so I think it's just it's time to talk about it. Yeah, I think so many people have questions about this. So this will be a great thing for our listeners, but also that people can reference if they just want to learn more about the thyroid and common imbalances and what to look for and what types of testing they should do, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. So we'll start off, as we always do, discussing our drinks and biohacks. So Abby, you can go first. (laughs) Well, our drinks... I'll speak for both of us because we both got on this call and literally had the exact same drink. Duh. Waterloo. Sparkling water. Grapefruit flavor. It's amazing. It's the best. I know. We're recording at night, so caffeine's not happening. No. Caffeine's not happening, and it had to be something that was easy to grab. And I'm going to be real. I don't really like any flavored sparkling waters except for this one. Waterloo's the best. It's the best. Amazing. What's your biohack, Dr. Abby? I don't know if I've said this one before, but I'm going to go with reishi. Oh. Have I said this? I don't think I have. No. Yeah, it's new. Reishi, I've actually taken for a really long time. I kind of recently went on a hiatus. I don't know why. I just got lazy. But I definitely feel better taking it. I feel like it keeps my energy way more stable. Like I just feel more like even energy instead of, I usually actually have a lot of energy in the morning and dip in the afternoon. Right. It keeps me more even for sure. And I don't feel like, I feel sometimes if you take more energy producing supplements, like a bunch of B vitamins or whatever, you can almost get like jittery. Right. Or you get the same thing. Like you get crashy. Right. With reishi, I feel like it's just like gentle, but does the trick. Do you take it in the afternoon? I usually take two in the morning and two in the afternoon. Wow. I have some people take it at night. Yeah, it's an adaptogen. Yeah. I feel like for them, it tests like almost like it should help them like sleep, like wind them down a little bit, right? Like if they're that wired sort of at night. Yeah, if you're wired and tired. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why adaptogens are amazing. Like if you need clarity and energy, they'll do that for you. If you need to like chill out, they'll do that for you. Yeah. They adapt to whatever your body needs. I like it. Which is great. But yeah, I take Reishi by Supreme Nutrition. I do too. One in the morning, one at night. Maybe I'll have you retest my dose. Yeah. I'm like 47 in the morning, 25 yeah. at night. I know. Like, <laughs> Just a bottle, two morning. bottles a day. You should be fine. 
Actually, my adrenals are probably way better during all of this quarantine stuff because I like never set an alarm anymore or anything. Right. You probably just naturally really regulate. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like just the, you know, I'm still working a lot, but when you're not commuting anywhere and when you, you know, you, you're just, I feel like you give your adrenals that break. When you don't have, I think naturally we don't have as many plans and social stuff, exactly. and what I, you know? So it's like everyone's doing less, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. Okay. Well, what's your biohack? Mine is going for walks. <laughs> I know it's kind I'm, of lame, but I'm going to tell you about it. I like the simple biohacks. Yeah. So I think so the weather here in Colorado is amazing. It's like low 70s and sunny all week. I mean, it's just like insane. Perfect. And so lately what I've been doing is during my break in between patients, I've just been taking the dogs and going for a walk around the neighborhood. And I think I just didn't really do that very often unless mm-hmm. it was super wet and they couldn't run around in the backyard because right. it was too muddy or something like that. But we've been taking the time to just like walk around the neighborhood. And I think just getting that sunshine, it's different than just sitting in the sun too. It's like, you're just like moving, moving the lymph, moving your body a little bit, getting some vitamin D, some fresh air. And I feel like, you know, sometimes where you would get that like slumpy in the afternoon, it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I think it sort of just helps. And I've never walked around my neighborhood so much (laughs) ever. And I'm sure that's the same for a lot of people, but we live in a farm town. So, I mean, there's, you know, sometimes a goat runs out in the street, which is terrifying. Right. And there's like horses and, you know, they're like, our neighbors have baby ducks. And so it's just, it's kind of like interesting and like naturey and. Right. You know, it's a good way to break up the day. Yeah. All right. Who knew walking could be a biohack, but I guess right. looking in the sun can be a biohack for some of our guests. So I feel like it's all the same. Right. Right. I mean, one of your other biohacks was like not intermittent fasting so you know (laughs) it's the small things the small things (laughs) oh gosh well sometimes afternoon walk guys right just try it out 10 minutes 20 minutes i usually do 40 it's great yeah okay i like it Um, all right let's talk about the thyroid yeah let's do it so let's talk a little bit about what the thyroid even is and where it is. I think we'll just start really basic. So the thyroid is in the front of your throat. And for some people, you can actually tell um, if it's inflamed because you quite literally could have what is called a goiter there where it like actually looks like a little bump coming out. I don't know how often doctors palpate the thyroid anymore, but we learned that in med school as Mm -hmm. a way to check for nodules or just like if a different part of the thyroid, if a lobe felt a little bit boggy, that would give you some indication. Dr. Brownstein, who I learned a lot about the thyroid from, and if somebody is more interested in learning about iodine and the thyroid, Dr. Brownstein has done an amazing, amazing job discussing it, has many books that are written, super easy to read and a great blog. And he would quite literally palpate our thyroid. So we would feel how it would, how it should feel. And it does feel mm-hmm. a little bit like someone's choking you. I mean, cause you really get in there to feel right. the different lobes, but it's important, right? There's that part of physical medicine and it really is in charge of a lot of things. So it gets signals 
a lot from the brain. So there's two different parts of the brain, the pituitary and the hypothalamus that can send the thyroid messages of how much thyroid to be making or to say, hey, we need you to make more or you're making too much. Um, so that's the, right. Because it's a negative feedback loop. Right. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how you measure that in labs later on, but it really is in charge of a lot of things. I mean, if you think about when people have a thyroid imbalance, they literally see things all over their body. I mean, from Mm -hmm. brittle nails to dry skin, to gaining weight, to feeling puffy, retaining fluid, uh, constipation, we're not detoxing very well. So it really does. I mean, its main thing is metabolism. Um, growth and development is really important when you're pregnant to have an optimum thyroid so the baby has adequate growth and development. And so the functions are sort of endless because it has a piece in everything, mm-hmm. but its main sort of job has to do with metabolism, but we do see it show up all over the system right. in different ways. Totally. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to talk about like, because I think people hear about thyroid problems all the time, but they might not necessarily know what symptoms to look for, like how they could know if there might be something going on. So common things, Dr. Nicole talked about some of these, but big things I hear of in practice are fatigue. These are people that like they could sleep for 13 hours and they would still wake up really tired and be like, it takes me like an hour to function. That morning energy. work. Yeah. yeah. That morning like, energy is really key. Yeah. Like morning is the worst. Um, unable to lose weight is really common. People that are like, I have had this extra 20 pounds for years and years. And no matter what I do, it just doesn't come off because that goes back to the metabolism piece, right? If your metabolism isn't functioning, like you can have the right diet and supplements and all an exercise routine. And it still is really hard to lose weight. Um, another textbook thyroid symptom is really cold hands and feet. Like even in the summer, your hands are freezing. That might be an indication to get your thyroid looked at. Um, memory and brain fog issues. I see dry skin is another really common one. Um, no matter how much lotion or moisturizer you put on, your skin's always dry. Thinning hair. I've seen this a lot with women when their thyroid shifts into imbalance, their hair's just falling out like crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, hair is a big deal. And it's hair is not always thyroid for sure, but you definitely can see just like it coming out or it seems really dry, you know, that whole thing. Like brittle. Brittle, yeah. Um, irregular menstrual cycles. So all of a sudden you like skip a month or, you know, the cycle is super long or really short. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling lower depressed, Dr. Versendahl, who he founded the technique contact reflex analysis, um, which both Dr. Nicole and I practice. Um, he would always say like, Depression is a thyroid issue. Obviously, there's multiple things happening, but in his technique, constantly having that like feeling low in your mood um, is linked to, he would call the thyroid the gland of happiness. So if it's not happy and functioning optimally, neither is your mood. Mm -hmm. Um, Constipation, that's another huge one. Oh gosh, yes. Right? Yeah, women who are just like, oh, I just don't go to the bathroom every day. And you're like... Right, like I go once a week. But that also has to do with detoxification and elimination, right? Because if it's off, then 
neither of those processes are moving the way that they're supposed to. And so then you totally. can definitely see it in slower elimination. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, puffy face. A lot of like clinicians will say this. They can just look at a patient and tell their thyroid's out of balance based on like the inflammation in their face. Mm-hmm. Um, and hoarseness is another one people don't, I think, a lot think about. But people that constantly have that super hoarse throat, like that can be from thyroid issues. Yeah, for sure. I have felt all of these. So I feel like... Right. You're like, that's me. <laughs> sometimes I'd be like, oh, my voice, not good. I think I need to get my thyroid checked. People are like, what? I'm like, I, a lot of women have their telltale signs. I have one patient who would be like, anytime she would get more hangnails on her nails, she knew her thyroid was off. It was so interesting. And I think that's part of it, right? Like really getting to know your body and like what is off for you. Right. Well, that's where I think it's so cool to learn this information because we could say all of those things I just listed off, a lot of women have and just think it's normal for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I have thin, brittle hair. It is what it is. Yeah. That's how I've always been. Right. So let's talk a little bit about what thyroid hormones or other lab markers can be measured and also why looking at just the TSH is not giving you the full picture. And so this is a big one. And I think it's starting to be talked about more often. It seems like doctors are starting to do more uh, full blood draw, which is great. So the TSH is that marker we were talking about that really comes from the brain to the thyroid. So it's not even actually a measure of the actual thyroid hormones. It's more, it stands for thyroid stimulating hormones. So it's saying, it's kind of like the message from the brain to the thyroid saying, hey, we're, you know, we're making enough thyroid or, or we need more or we need less. And so if it's a higher number, it's almost opposite. If your number's higher than it should be, that's, that's a hypothyroid marker. And if it's lower than it, than it should be, which a lot of us practitioners now are not so concerned with a low number as long as the other ones are okay, but that can sometimes mean a suppression, meaning we don't need you to make any more thyroid hormone or what you're making is maybe a little bit too much at this point, but it's right. not the full picture. So we also want to measure T3, T4, and reverse T3. So T3 and T4 are the actual hormones that come out of the thyroid gland the T4 is more like the, I'm going to use the word inactive. It's not inactive, but it's, it's not the main one that we're looking to do all of the wonderful things that thyroid does in the body, which is T3. T4 is converted into T3, and then the T3 is sort of like the, mo- the more active one. Now, all of our bodies have different ways of converting it. So a lot of our T4 to T3 is converted in the liver and another good portion of it is converted in the gut. So if we think about somebody who might be a little bit more toxic or maybe has gut imbalances, we might not be converting those hormones. So you can understand why really when you want to look at a full thyroid picture, you want to see, is this person converting? Do they even have adequate levels of T4 or T3? Maybe they have a great number of T4, but not a lot of T3, which is going to be really important. I have seen normal TSHs and then had their T3 and T4 be completely Mm -hmm. off. And their whole, you know, 
history as a patient, their doctors have been telling them that, oh, their thyroid's fine. Mm-hmm. And really it's, it's not. And also all doctors, I would say more functional doctors look between the lines. So your TSH or your T3 or T4 might be in range, so-called in terms of the labs, but we might look at them functionally and decide, no, actually they're quite low and Mm -hmm. we should be helping the body some way to have a more accurate thyroid picture, if that makes sense. And And I think that's, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I think that's why working with someone that looks at labs functionally is so important because- being on the lower end of normal is still low. Yeah. And so there's so much you can do when you're in that range is actually the perfect time to seek help from a professional because that can like, that's where natural and holistic medicine just shines and you could feel like so much better than you thought. Well, and the other point is it's not always a matter of just medicating somebody. And I think, you know, in, in more functional medicine, we have other tools that we can use besides just thyroid medication. And I, I do have a lot of patients on thyroid medication, but I, it's not always the first go-to. And mm-hmm. I don't know that it necessarily should be unless your numbers are way off. Right. Um, and then that reverse T3, that just kind of tells you if, if there's like inflammation or if maybe you're making a lot of T3, but it's, it's immediately being... Um, sort of stopped by your reverse T3 and not doing what it needs to do. And so it's just another marker that gives us more of a picture of what's going on with somebody. And you can, I mean, there are ways to like sort of measure adrenal function. I like to look at um, morning cortisol because the, you know, we can talk about this in a little bit, but like how the adrenals and the thyroid really go hand in hand and Mm -hmm. you really shouldn't be supporting one system without the other. I think that's the next thing. So why don't you talk about that? I have one, a couple more lab things I want to talk about. Tell me, talk about them. Um, Antibodies. That's important. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'd love you to talk for you to talk about antibodies because maybe Colorado's better than Illinois, but let me tell you here, everyone still only looks at TSH and you have to beg them to draw more labs. And unless you spell it out and specifically ask for antibodies, they won't even pull that. It's like crazy to me. And I think antibodies is one of the most important things to look at. Uh, Yeah. I mean, antibodies really tell you, Hey, is, is this body having an autoimmune reaction to the thyroid, Mm -hmm. which means is it, you know, autoimmunity, I think is still fairly misunderstood. I mean, some people, some practitioners say the body is, like literally attacking itself. Other people think that there's probably a pathogen there, like a virus or something. The body's trying to attack that, but it's ultimately hurting the gland. That's sort of what I think. I think our body is really smart and it's right. Like why would it attack itself for no reason? Right. But I am not an, you know, I treat a lot of autoimmune, but I do feel like, yeah, I feel like most of the time it's a pathogen, but anyways, the antibodies, I feel like, tell you how much of an autoimmune picture somebody has. And it's so cool to use antibodies as a measure of success when you're treating somebody with them because they can really come back with numbers in like the hundreds and I've seen them in the thousands. And as you start treating the autoimmune piece, 
you see those antibodies drop every lab test and it, it's really encouraging for the patient too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks. So, okay. What we want to kind of talk about next, if like you're suspecting there's a thyroid imbalance or whatever, we already covered this a bit, but what other body systems can also be involved? Because in holistic medicine, like we say all the time, we're looking at the body as a whole picture, right? So if someone has a thyroid issue, we're not, okay, just going to take the thyroid and that's all we look at and we fix that and everything else is great. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I always think about the adrenals with a thyroid imbalance. And one of my teachers taught me that the thyroid and adrenals are like a teeter-totter. So when you affect one, you always affect the other, which I think is such a great analogy. And you need them to kind of be at the perfect balance to like feel great Mm -hmm. in the center. So I've seen it before. If people are just supporting their thyroid and that's it, then eventually the adrenal, you know, weird adrenal symptoms start coming up. So, you know, address that with your practitioner. If maybe you've been chasing the thyroid for a long time of like how you could also support the adrenals. Um, Liver, like you talked about, is so important for conversion and detoxification. So I have another teacher that says, like, you can't have a thyroid issue without a liver issue as well, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's an important thing to look at for sure. Um, Gut health, I mean, affects everything. Everything, right. Yeah. Um, and it's like all of these could be an, an episode in and of themselves. So it's hard not to go too deep here, but, you know, addressing diet, your microbiome, healing the gut lining, all that sort of stuff is going to be important with thyroid. Yeah. Um, brain, like we talked about, that's like what starts this whole pathway is the brain has to signal the thyroid with TSH to start doing its thing. So there's some companies out there that make supplementation for like the hypothalamus pituitary, um, which can be really powerful for some people, the issues more top down. Yeah. So by supporting that, it can shift a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, diet, obviously for me, it's like anyone with those autoimmune markers, like gluten-free, dairy-free, Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, you know, I mean, research proven that that stuff spikes like autoimmune. So yeah. it's just got to happen. Um, but diet changes, you can go more specific with that, with with testing and stuff, but what really can put your body in the best space to lower inflammation and heal, I think is really the bottom line yeah. when addressing your diet for those types of imbalances. And then there's the whole rabbit hole of chemicals and pathogens, which could be a whole nother 10 part episode series, but we've had episodes about this before though. Like um, if you guys listen to the episode with Dr. Jill Carnahan on mold, like Mm -hmm. mold alone can affect a lot of this stuff. Chemicals in your home. Like it's a great time to assess like the cleaning products and personal products you're using for chemicals, chronic infections, viruses, bacteria, parasites, all that sort of stuff can play a role in the thyroid. Yeah. And so we can talk a little bit about some common reasons that the thyroid gets out of balance. And you kind of just talked about them with like the chemical and pathogen overload. But we have to remember too, the body, we have to remember how smart the body is. And the body will downregulate the thyroid sometimes for certain reasons. So if there's something in our body that maybe when we start detoxifying and we don't have the right tools to detoxify it and it would 
ultimately be harmful for the body, it might have a thyroid downregulation, right? Mm -hmm. There are, you know, some people have histories of medications that can affect the thyroid that they didn't even know were a factor. And that's sort of under this like toxicity component. Um, We know radiation affects the thyroid. I mean, and there's, unfortunately, we can get a huge dose of radiation just by flying in an airplane. Does that mean that's directly affecting your thyroid all the time? No, but it's all these little insults that can add up over time and Mm -hmm. start to cause imbalances. And toxicity can also be like Dr. Abby said, like chemicals and stuff as well. Emotions is a big one too. And you know that Dr. Abby and I are all about the mind-body-spirit connection and really the thyroid. And if you want to talk about like the throat chakra or however you want to go into it, a lot of times it can be like not speaking your truth or not speaking to yourself about your own truth or speaking up to other people. I think a lot of times people immediately think it's that they're not speaking their truth out loud to other people, but it can even be just to yourself. And I Mm -hmm. do see that when we start using NET or whatever various technique we're using to help clear the body of unresolved stress, that authenticity comes up a lot. And I think that can definitely be tied back to the, to the thyroid. I mean, it's quite Mm -hmm. literally in your throat where you speak, right? Mm -hmm. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot to that. We touched on the autoimmune marker. Now, autoimmune can affect any organ system in the body. Hashimoto's is the name that we talk about a lot for autoimmune with hypothyroid. But again, autoimmune anywhere in the body can affect the thyroid as well because it's just a dysregulation in the immune system. Diet is a big one. I have seen a lot of patients who were just eating the wrong foods. Um, And it, it might not even be gluten or dairy. It could be they just really don't do well with grains at all, Mm -hmm. or they're having a lot of food sensitivities and it's down-regulating their thyroid. So diet definitely, without even giving some patients medication, we have seen the thyroid turn around just by changing their diet and lifestyle. So another thing that I think is worth talking about is women who have been doing different cleanses and yo-yo diets for a good majority of their life this can really throw the thyroid and can really throw the metabolism. So if you have been eating too little for a long amount of time, your metabolism is going to downshift. And if you've been doing too many different types of, I'm saying yo-yo dieting, meaning like different, I love cleanses. I'd probably have done way too many in my life. (laughs) But the idea is that if you're doing a bunch of different ones, and you're going into this deprivation state, over time, that is going to take a toll on your metabolism. You're basically constantly stressing your body in that way, right? Yeah. And you can absolutely heal that. I mean, there's no doubt, but you might not heal it in three weeks of eating a good amount of food. Mm -hmm. And it might also take your body a little bit of time to bounce back and find its happy medium, right? But I think that's a really big piece that I think a lot of women don't always think about. And there are definitely diet and lifestyle ways of eating that can help restore that. Mm-hmm. Hormones is another thing. Um, postpartum, our hormones can be all over the place. Postpartum can also, a lot of women can have thyroid issues after that. And it's a lot of, that your body goes through with obviously growing a baby and then having labor and delivery. And then immediately after that, being a mom without 
maybe getting a lot of sleep. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, which in these profound shifts of high periods of stress, even though it's happy stress can be really tough on the thyroid. Mm -hmm. And so hormones in general, um, like cortisol spiking too high constantly can affect the thyroid. I mean, it's a very delicate balance. And then the last one is the concussion. And there are others, but these are just sort of the ones we're mentioning today. Concussions, anything that hits your head and bangs around that pituitary, which is is seated in a very, um, is it called the tersica cella? I can't believe I might have remembered that from that. I remember that. Cool. I think it is though, right? Because it's like the saddle. Yeah, exactly. And it's really gently in there. So if you if you have something that's too jarring, you can quite literally knock it and you can change the way that your brain communicates. And so I think, you know, and there are again, concussion healing protocols and ways to get that back online, but you can definitely jar Mm -hmm. something enough where it creates different signaling issues in the body. That's so wild. And I think that's a great one to mention because people definitely don't think of that. No. You know, initially. And how many people have had concussions? Like, right. So common. Yeah. Now I want to ask you another thing about like, so someone that's been, let's say on thyroid medication for the long time, but maybe like more standard, they've just been on Synthroid or whatever and like gone about their life because their thyroid's now regulated from the medication. Mm -hmm. In your experience, like are there some people that then their body is so reliant on that medication that like maybe you can get the dose lower, but they're probably going to need it for the rest of their life? Like, know, what are your thoughts on that? Tough question. I had a mentor tell me once that once somebody was on thyroid for four years, he's had a really hard time getting them off of it. And Because isn't it somewhat then your body's like, okay, well, I'm getting it every day from this medication. So why do I need to make it? Right. Exactly. I mean- I don't know. If I just really go with like my gut, I feel like anything can be reversed, right? Like I have seen women who are on thyroid for like the majority of their lives and they're not on it anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that, that might be a little bit more rare. And I think it really takes some dedication Mm -hmm. to lifestyle, to supplementation, to emotional health, to, right. It's like a whole picture, maybe using homeopathy to rewire things. Um, I don't think it's like a life sentence, but I do think for some people, it's just like, hey, you operate really well on this. You ha- we haven't been able to may- maybe take you off of it. So it is what it is. Let's make sure you're right. on a really If your clean body needs version. to support, it's okay. Yeah, because there are definitely clean versions of medication. And, and again, I think as long as you know what your hormones are, your T3, T4, and you understand, you can, you can vary in with those doses. I have seen, actually, I have seen peptides, which we should do, definitely do an episode on. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah, we should. Um, they, I have seen some people take peptides and be able to really significantly lower their thyroid and, and get off, which is That's really so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, I guess I feel like it's like anything, right? I mean, the perfect person, like it might be hard to completely get off thyroid medication if you're in a super high stress job and you're on the road every single week and you right. can't just be in like rest and restore mode. But well, that's what I'm like, saying. It like, just depends. If there's like a mom with like three kids, it's like, is that the time to try and get her off thyroid? Like, right. not, you right. know, but it's like, 
if you've got possible? some time to devote to it and to yeah. really clean things up and rest, rest your adrenals, mm-hmm. re- you know, do all these different things. Like if, or if it's like, no, I, you know, I love really intense exercise. I'm not going to give that up, but I, I don't know. Like maybe it's right. not the time. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think it's like we talk about with NET and like being in that space of emotional neutrality is all is where it's at. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So it's like being okay. If you need the support of a clean thyroid medication, like to be in balance and feel great, who cares? Right. And to also be okay with the possibility that your body can regenerate and heal itself. Right. And you could not need that. At some or point. maybe you just need it for pregnancy to make sure your mm-hmm. baby's super healthy. Cause for whatever reason, your thyroid dipped a little bit during that time. Yeah. Cool. You know, right. work on getting you off of it after. I think that's the whole I think it's just a, it's just a balance. It's just where you're yeah. at. And I think there's the extremes of people that are just like, everyone should take thyroid support, whatever. Um, and there's also people that like, I feel like in the holistic community all too quickly, like write off any t- type of pharmaceutical. And it's like, there's a time and a place, Yeah, you know, I, I've seen I a totally lot. Agree. There's a lot out there in like the functional medicine, holistic community. That's like any medication is of the devil. And it's like, no, these people need the support. It is what it is. Like, right. Well, even bad. listening to Schallenberger, Dr. Schallenberger, one of my mentors who has taught ozone and I've gone to so many of his seminars and he's been a doctor for 50 years. He like knows how to get rid of crazy infections, but he's like, Hey, sometimes I have to use an antibiotic. Like right. whatever it is, what right. it is, you know. Well, that's why that stuff is there, and it should be like the last resort, like the minority of what is being used, right. because there are so many natural things that are so effective, and that's kind of the paradigm shift that needs to happen. Yes, but it's also like in some cases, yeah. Thank God there's antibiotics. Right, when you have a horrible infection that could kill you. Right. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So box okay. off. Okay. Yeah. So. Want to talk about exercise quickly. Uh, Dr. Nicole kind of alluded to this. Like in my opinion, people that are really working on thyroid are at that point we talked about, can't lose weight, are exhausted all the time, super cold extremities, have no energy. In my opinion, now is not the time to do like Orange Theory seven days a week, right? And you know what? This was depressing for me to learn this. I like wah, wah. Well, because I mean, I can speak to my own thyroid journey, but I mean, I thought when I was hypothyroid before I was, I was undiagnosed hypothyroid for a long time, which is what one of my mentors has come to the conclusion of. And just that can do a lot of damage. Yeah. That's going to take yeah. some time to be reversed. And what did I do when I felt like I couldn't lose weight and I did get kind of heavy for a while for my body frame and I would just work out harder or I'd mm-hmm. eat less. Yep. Yep. You know, all, uh, eat less, work out harder, start running more, start, you know, I did like three half marathons. Yeah. And like kill yourself in the gym. And, you must yeah. need to run more miles. And honestly, if anything, that just did more and more damage. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's just such a powerful lesson for so many women who are like, you know, it's, it's worth some detective work to look through everything before you're just 
yeah. possibly doing more damage. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Okay. Great. <laughs> this I was is like, one... let me tell you how hard that was. I mean, it's true. And Crazy. this is one I have to do a lot of NAT on with my patients. It's like working on that old belief system that you have to work harder to lose weight, that actually you can lose weight with just walking. Yeah. Because that's a big, big limiting belief for people that like if I'm not killing myself in the gym or if I'm not working out for two hours, it's not a workout. That's a big right. one for people, especially people that were athletes. Um, like you can go on a 30 minute walk and that can be your workout for the day. And that can actually be better for your body and your thyroid, thus your metabolism. And you actually could start losing weight when you feel like you're doing nothing. Um, I didn't even realize my biohack was so relevant to our episode. I mean, it was perfect. It was like walking. Yeah. Amazing. Got thyroid issues. Just go on a walk people. And I know that was hard for me from being a competitive swimmer. I felt like if I didn't swim like three miles, it wasn't a workout, which is ridiculous. Right. That's ridiculous. I could just go swim laps for 20 minutes. It's a great workout. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. I really recommend that people get a heart rate monitor um, get some biofeedback as to how stressed your body is. When you're exercising, I think a lot of people don't realize how hard they're pushing their heart and their body when they're working out. And you just don't need to be doing that when you're working on thyroid and hormone balance. So more gentle stuff is better. Be in a nurturing healing space, like doing yoga, walking, jogging, not to say you can't lift weights, go lift some weights, but maybe lower the weight or the intensity or the duration of your workouts. Just, I always advise people, you want to leave your workout feeling invigorated and energized, not like you need a nap. If you feel like that after your workout, it's probably not the best. Right. You want to feel better. Yep. I love that. Okay. Talk to us about meds. Right. So I, we talked about this a little bit, how there's like different, types and different forms. And, you know, I, there are some people, some doctors that will just switch somebody off of say Synthroid, which has a lot more fillers in it than say like a WP or a Nature Throid or something like that. Those are still um, like a WP and a uh, Nature Throid are compounds. So they have T3 and T4 in them. They're cleaner. WP is the cleanest. I think it only has two binders, like coconut oil and something else. I mean, it's super clean. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some of these other ones, like Synthroid or Levothyroxine, they can have more binders in them. I think Synthroid might actually even have gluten in it. So for some somebody, of it does. Because yes. I've had so many of my patients, I'm like, literally today, call your doctor and ask them if your Synthroid is gluten-free and it's like a coin flip, like half the time it's not. Right. And so if somebody has autoimmune issues and even if they're having that little bit of gluten, it can still throw their system when you're having it every day. You're taking it every day. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think, but it's not always the answer to just switch somebody right away from, from one medication to the other. I would say, there have been a lot of people that have done really well on it, but I have had some patients that really didn't and it, right. because their labs looked crazy. Now it doesn't mean that it didn't work for them necessarily, but it might have meant like 
there's a lot more iodine in one of them that could temporarily raise the TSH, or maybe the body you started utilizing it differently. Like we have to remember that labs are a snapshot. They're quite literally a quick picture of what is going on at that time. And they can change from minute to minute. I mean, it, it has, people mm-hmm. have been able to show that. And so it, I think it's always better to be on something cleaner with less fillers. Like my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say like, why wouldn't you switch though? Even if that's not necessarily answer to something that has less ingredients, like. Right. Absolutely. I just think you need to work with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, of course. This that. is not telling you guys what to do with your thyroid. So, yeah. but talk to your doctor about. Disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the T4, right. So you can, so let's say you're somebody who converts quite well, meaning you make a good amount of T3 from your T4. You don't necessarily need a compound one that has T4 and T3. So you might do better with just T4 and tyrosine is super clean. T4, I really like that one. Um, Very, very clean. But then again, that's the whole power of testing the labs to find out, are you somebody who is converting or not converting? Because that's going to determine what medication you're on. Now, since labs change so quickly, would you recommend with people like before drastically going on medication or changing or lowering a dose, do you want to see labs like, let's do it now, let's do it in a month and see the difference? Or would you yeah, just I go off one lab hole? Most doctors are going to say, when you change your thyroid, let's give it six weeks to regulate and take a peek. I'm sort of of the, I like to look at things a little bit sooner than that. I might look at your labs again after three or four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. you can, I mean, most people can tell. They'll just be like, oh, I feel better, you know, after like a week or something. Right. But you've got to give your body a little bit of time to adjust to everything for sure. Would you say since the thyroid's so sensitive, like if you had a crazy, crazy stressful week, like not to get labs done? Can that throw things? Uh, it can totally throw things for sure. But I think it depends on what your motive is. Like if you want to see how your body is handling stress, maybe it's a good idea right. to get it done, right? <laughs> right. Are your weeks This is how you stressful? are on a bad week. Well, right. Yeah. And it's like, hey, if, if your weeks are generally stressful, like probably get a snapshot then, right? If you're, right. you don't want to like have your labs drawn on like a this vacation like vacation. <laughs> yeah. Right. People are like, right. I mean, I don't know. I think it's always best to get a snapshot done of like what life normally is like. And if you find a good functional medicine doctor, like, I don't know if my patients come to me and they're like, I really want this, this, and this tested. Like, I don't have a problem doing that for the most part. I know there's a lot of doctors who like won't test things for people. And I'm like, it's their body. Like, I know it's so weird to to me. Know what your body is doing. It's like a battle with so many docs to get like thyroid labs ordered. I don't understand. So crazy. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I know. Okay. All right. So, I mean, the last thing we kind of talked about this, but emotionally, you guys, even if you feel like maybe your thyroid is just a little low, like, look, like we talked about functional medicine, you might just be feeling like, oh, I think my thyroid's a little sluggish lately, but maybe you don't you don't necessarily feel like you're going the medication route or anything like that. Start working on the throat chakra, like we said. Um, I find at least with a lot of the chronic women that struggle with thyroid stuff, they're the type of women that have a hard time speaking up. 
or have since childhood. So, I mean, I tell a lot of my patients, I'm like, start with the little things. Like, are you the type of person when you're with some friends and it's like, what do you guys want to get for dinner? And you're always like, whatever you guys want. Right. A lot of times people are like that. Start with little things. You probably know something you want. Maybe you really are craving pizza. Actually say it. Right. You know, and for a lot of people, even that little step, like what you want for dinner is like a big shift for them to start speaking up on what they value, what they want, what they don't want. Or someone brings up, we want to go for margaritas and you hate margaritas, but you're like, that's fine. You know, (laughs) like start using your voice. I think the piece you said is so great about not being honest with yourself about your own truth. Like maybe, you know, the job you're in isn't really right or the relationship you're in really isn't right. Right, right. Believe it or not, those energetic imbalances within your system can affect your health and your organs and how they function. So I think just doing some work too on delving into your truth, what is your truth and how do you need to speak it can be really profound. I wanted to mention one more thing that we didn't talk about and that's iodine. We're, a lot of us are really, really deficient in iodine and the body needs iodine and selenium for the conversion from T4 to T3. Now, before people just start like dumping iodine, because if you start revving up your thyroid too much with iodine, you start detoxifying all these things that maybe your body wasn't ready for, you actually can test iodine levels. My mentor really likes doing them via urine. He finds that's the best way. So if it's something you're curious about, you might want to ask your doctor about doing a iodine loading test is what it's called. Um, But because that can, I have seen that be all it takes is a little bit of iodine and selenium and their thyroid pops right back online. And some people who have been on synthetic thyroid for a long time, like armor or synthroid, they need selenium on a daily basis because sometimes these medications will actually strip your selenium or your, um, well, your selenium too and your iodine. I mean, shouldn't everyone pretty much be on selenium? I mean, sometimes I think pretty much everyone should be on iodine. I would say Dr. Brownstein would make a good argument for that. However, if you're toxic in bromide and fluoride, it can make it so that you're not actually absorbing iodine. I know. What? Okay, great. Oh my well, gosh. So one of the big things, don't have fluoride toothpaste. Your thyroid will thank you. Yeah. And your brain. And everything right. else. Hashtag toxic. Right. So, okay. I'm so glad you mentioned the iodine thing because I have a question about this. Yeah. Some people in the functional medicine world now are like hating on iodine and saying that if you have like autoimmune thyroid, blah, blah, boo, you have a hard time. It's another thing for your thyroid to process. So if your thyroid's already low, then it's more load on the thyroid and it can make you worse. So what are your thoughts about that? I think it just totally depends on the person. I would say Dr. Brownstein makes an argument that Hashimoto's people, thyroid, Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroid need iodine and that some of the autoimmune issue is because they're iodine deficient. Whereas other people have seen iodine cause crazy issues. Iodine can temporarily raise your TSH. So it on labs, it makes it look not so good, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not so good. Mm. Right. This is like 
right. why you need to have multiple. And over time, it'll even yeah, out. Exactly. But I would say, yeah. I would say iodine is pretty important. I have seen it completely turn around kids like who have right. like attention issues or are on the spectrum or have detox issues. Iodine has been like a lifesaver for them. We just don't get some of these really important minerals from our foods anymore. And right. That's what I was going to say. Like the way they are. We know iodine is essential. Yeah. And where are we getting it? Right. Do we eat a bunch of seaweed? Not really. Right. No, exactly. So I think it's worth. If you're supplementing. Right. I think it's just worth. It's worth testing, and I do think that there's an argument for some people who have have Hashimoto's um, that they do really well in iodine. I think it's all labs can be deceiving, right? So I think it really can depend on the person. They might right, because it could be for a short period of time. You're saying increasing the thyroid function, so it will make it look like. It might, but it will level out eventually. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. it can level out for sure. Now, is the iodine test, I feel like that's not a common one for like general run-of-the-mill docs to There's do. one you can actually order online. I can look for that to okay, put in the cool. show notes because I think yeah. you can. That's I feel like a lot of Western about. medicine doctors would be like, you want to test what? Like, Yeah, they'd be like, are you kidding? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll find one guys and you can see how your iodine is doing yeah check it out but that's another one that i think is great that people could just start doing through food you don't necessarily have to do a high dose supplement like there's tons of like seaweed snacks out there i love those my one-year-old daughter loves to eat them yeah, um so good. you can just like get it through food that way too yeah for sure all right i think Aww. that was all that was on our list yeah i think that's it so i hope you guys found this fascinating if you have questions or anything regarding some of the information always free to reach out shoot us a dm on instagram and please if you find this helpful to definitely leave us a review thanks guys The statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the FDA. Information provided here and products recommended or sold on coffeewiththedocs.com and or our podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The information provided by this site and or by this podcast is not a substitute for a face-to-face consultation with your physician and should not be construed as medical advice of any sort. By using any of this information or reading it, you are accepting responsibility for your own health and health decisions and expressly release Dr. Nicole Huffman and Dr. Abby Kramer and its partners and guests from any and all liability whatsoever, including that arising from negligence.